Albion, the librarian has asked you a pretty significant question and is just sort of staring at you, expecting a response before they go through with providing an answer. Albion sits there thinking for a moment, and his expressions go through, like, he goes through a face journey. Um, first we have consternation as he thinks about it, then we have this bit of realization, and then we just get this expression of annoyance, and he just looks up, he's like, I'm gonna speak with all due respect. I'm not obliged to tell you that. That wasn't part of our initial deal. I have an answer, but I don't think I need to tell you. We struck an accord, in exchange, information for information. I gave you what was asked for. You see, what you're doing- I was in debate class back at school before I dropped out. What you're doing is a logical fallacy called moving the goalposts. And that ain't fair. So, if you want my information on my answer on whether or not I'm willing to destroy you, you're gonna need to offer me something for it. And until then, I would like what I came for. The librarian looks at you for a moment, just, they're not human, so you know they don't experience human emotion in the same way that you necessarily do. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to roll me an empathy read on, uh, on this particular moment here, uh, and your target is going to be a five. It's a baseline three read plus the two of them being not human. Alright, I don't have an empathy stat, so I can't make this roll. I did get a plus three. Can choose to give me a fate point, or you can choose to be caught off guard by the response. I have five fate points, so I'm going to use one. And I'm going to, uh, say protective streak a mile long, because I'm getting this information um, to try and protect my friends from something. And so that's the aspect I'm invoking to use this fate point. Okay. If you had to, if you had to put words to what is conveyed in a look to you, it would be uh, a couple of things. One of them would be just who exactly do you think you are? And the second is... If you don't start backpedaling in the next few seconds, I am about to lay a smackdown upon you verbally. That's the feeling that you get from the look that they are giving you. Are you going to act on that, or are you going to just let this play out? Albion is going to hold up a hand real quick and just... We... Please misunderstand. I mean no disrespect. And perhaps there is some disrespect in my words, and for that I do apologize. But I do believe I am correct in saying that we had established an accord. And I would like for my portion of that accord to be paid. The librarian looks at you and says, I do believe I had made it clear that the terms necessarily had to change given the nature of the information that you requested Albion Graves. Yeah, but that was too, that was like four weeks ago that that was said. So uh, I, the player, I'm did gonna, not remember uh, that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, the librarian just it, 
ignoring that fourth wall break uh, there, <laughs> the librarian continues, I am grateful that you are reminding yourself of your place in my domain here by my invitation, which I may rescind at any time. You would be in fantastic company, I might add, being one of the very few beings in existence to ever be banned from setting foot back in the library again. Your transgression is not as severe and will be overlooked. Now, you have chosen to provide me an answer to my question that while it does provide some level of information, does not give me the full picture of what I requested. Therefore, Alvin's going to hold up a hand again. And the librarian is going to actually look annoyed. Well, then let me answer. If it came down to it, yes, I would be prepared to destroy you, but I don't think I should have to. Because if it came down to it, and I speak with honesty, and again, I do not mean any disrespect when I say this. If it came down to the difference between our entire existence being ended and your life, I feel like you should be prepared to make that choice yourself. An interesting philosophical point to raise, Albion Graves. What crime have I committed? See, that's the thing. I don't feel you have. But you have said by the very necessity of your existence, sorry, by the very nature of your existence, that you would be, you would be in a position where I might be forced to eliminate you for the safety of the entirety of reality. And again, I don't think that's a choice I should have to make. If someone else feels you need to be destroyed, then by all means, I will let them hash it out with you. That ain't my business. Am I prepared to destroy you? Yes. Do I want to? No. Do I think it's necessary? At this point, no. And plus, let's be honest about it with this. It doesn't matter if I think I'm prepared to destroy you. We both know how it would end if I were to throw down with you. The librarian looks at you and flatly states, No, we do not, for that has not occurred. Well, I know where I'd put my money, and it ain't on me. I see. And I understand. I could, if you would like, spend time calculating the probabilities of the results of such an encounter. I don't think I need that information, but I do appreciate the offer. I appreciate you declining. Extrapolation is not exactly my forte. However, I shall give you... <sighs> you humans, you complicate your answers. Objective fact is so difficult. I believe that one of your filmmakers, Akira Kurosawa, made a very compelling piece of cinema, Rashomon, about the nature of objective reality and the subjective perception of it by you, humans. No two of you seem to view the same exact event with the exact same recollection. But that is not here or there. What is here or there is I often ask such simple questions. At least, they seem quite simple to me. And the complexity of the answer astounds me. 
It is unexpected. Often, you humans like to contradict yourselves in your own answers and claim the objective truth of such a thing. So, I will give you an answer that I believe is befitting of the exchange of information we have engaged in thus far. And then I should ask you to perhaps make your way out of my library and tend to your friend. I don't like that phrasing, but uh, let's get this information sorted so I can deal with whatever that implies. You have asked me how it is possible to destroy an outsider. And the answer is simpler than you may have anticipated. And you may find the extent of this answer disappointing, Albion Graves. They do not belong in our reality. So many things in our reality do not affect them the same way that they affect other things. But even as many of your earth metals have a heating point that is high enough to withstand a campfire, it will still melt with appropriate heat. Such it is with these things. They may not be affected the same, but they are still affected, for they have to take some form in our reality that our reality can make sense of, and therefore they have limited vulnerability. Or, if you prefer, I may refer to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the film Predator. If, if it, it bleeds, bleeds, we can kill it. We can kill it. Well, then I'm going to figure out how to make it bleed. I'm going to keep doing that till it sticks. Oh, and on the matter of the other thing that I have just stated to you, and you hear a scream from outside of the door of the library. Albion was already backing towards the door. We are going to cut back several minutes in time. Ro, mm -hmm. it's not been exactly interesting being in this particular stretch of the Never Never for a little while. Uh, you've just been outside the library waiting. I mean, sure, it is lovely. It is beautiful. The temperature is quite pleasant. It's somewhere that you could absolutely just stay for an indefinite period of time and feel quite comfortable. I don't know if being comfortable in just one place is exactly Rose's idea of a great time. It is not. It's... Ro can sit, I think, canonically, was it 47 minutes? With that, like, being alone <laughs> with her thoughts? She can't do long-term quiet. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Ugh. <sighs> Damn millennials and their ADD. 
That's a joke at my expense, everybody. Anyway, so what what exactly have you been doing while Albion's in there trying to get answers? I think a lot of it has been just like walking around and touching stuff because every time we've gone to the library so far, it's been like up the stairs, through the archway, to the door. Oh, here's the librarian. Question, question, question. I don't think that Rose ever stopped and looked around, especially in this specific area. So she's just seeing if things feel normal, because I don't think she would assume, like, like was it like leaves would feel different here for some reason to her. So like she just touched like the ground and like anything that's there. Okay. I am going to have you make a lore roll, and your target is going to be a three. All right. That's a two. Okay. Um, you can just fail and not get some information, or give me them sweet fate points. Uh, I'll give you a fate point. Um, I think that... I mean, not what I seem makes the most amount of sense here, because this is, like, a completely other world, and... Roe is assuming that things are very different here, even if they're absolutely not. Okay, so you remember when you were up on the mountain and you stepped near that patch of Nefer-Nefer that had temporarily traded places with our reality, yes? I am. And you remember how you felt a distinct impression of this is something opposite of me. Indeed I do. Well, here you are in the Never Never, talking to what appears to be some sort well, not you're not talking to them. You know that this is the domain of some kind of apparently fey creature, but you don't feel a strong tug of I guess either summer or winter would be the simplest way to put it. Because you do have that nature in you, and you have started to explore that side of you more actively and consciously. And yeah, it it feels like there's wisps of either, but it's not a strong like, oh, this is in the hold of winter, or this is the hold of summer. No, this place is kind of neutral. All right. It feels like everything is in a kind of balance here i mean obviously they don't have lawn mowers or other sorts of implements like that to maintain the greenery uh, you know uh, and not that mowing the lawn is necessarily like super great for <laughs> actual real life uh environments but it everything here seems to exist in a state of not overgrowth and not undergrowth like nothing seems to be growing beyond what it ought to or in a state of either like underdeveloped or decayed and i don't know how much you know about what summer and winter really do i know you talked a bit to beaumont uh, about those domains of the courts i'll actually have you make a lore roll with a target of I'm going to say three again, if you want to have a little deeper information. Good news, because that's a three. Fantastic. So if the summer and winter courts of the Fae have any sort of mirror to a lot of Celtic fairy lore in particular, 
uh, and extrapolations that you can make from talking with Rowan and talking with Beaumont, you have an idea that at its most basic level, the domains of the summer court are like warmth and light and growth. And the domains of winter court are darkness and cold and death. And this is an oversimplification, of course. And yeah, death sounds like a really bad domain to have, but uh, growth is not exactly great either, because if something is allowed to just grow endlessly, uh, you did kind of fight some monsters early on where that seems like that was a problem. And uh, think that unrestricted growth also favors things such as um, Ebola. And death is something that can keep a balance of things from growing too much. So, yeah, nothing here is necessarily in the sway either way. It feels like a really neutral, balanced point of sort of beautiful equality between the two. So as you are hanging out and sort of getting getting in touch with nature, you freaky hippie, or, you know, never, never <laughs> nature, which really makes you a freaky hippie, you are sort of struggling to maintain focus on your thoughts after a while. And this isn't the normal kind of distraction that you might experience as just being row common. Um, it seems as though you are struggling more and more to focus on even the things in the never never that you have been looking at, like this particular tree and the the leaves on it, or the color of this patch of grass over here, which is kind of wild. No, it it seems as though all of that is getting further and further away. How are you reacting to that? Um. Ro's going to take a seat on the ground and put her hands flat on the ground. And she's just kind of sitting there for a second doing some deep breaths. It feels like it could be the start of like a panic attack for her, at least when she's lost focus in the past. So she's doing some grounding to help that. Okay. You start to feel the effects of a panic attack coming up on you. And I want you to make me an alertness roll, and your target is going to be a four, but with a modifier of two, because you are attempting to sort of fight through that panic. So it's up to six. Oh, so I have to get to six? To get this piece of information, yes. Okay. Well, I did roll a five. Um, wow. Yeah. Because luckily my alertness is plus three three but like of course i'm just under uh i guess i'm gonna hand you a fate point which i'm wary about doing because i feel like i might need one or two later on luckily i'm still you know we're good um i think that i'm gonna use you have no power over me um and trying to control my own mind and not letting it take power oh you know my brain doesn't get to decide what my body does all the time. Um, trying to focus harder. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that you, with that, are falling back on some like good grounding and breathing exercises to focus yourself, which are good techniques. Mm. 
to to try to keep that panic at bay. And you are able to have enough of a sort of rational sense to realize that, yes, you are feeling the feelings of a panic attack, but you're not having one. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. You are not actually experiencing a panic attack right now. You are experiencing the feeling that you have felt before during a panic attack. You feel as though you are in the memory of a panic attack right now. <laughs> That's not fun. I would like to get out, please. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, I'm just looking around at this point because still sitting on the ground, if I try to stand up, I will fall over. Um, so maybe I, I look around, see if I can see anything that looks familiar, and then try to stand up after a second. Okay, you look around, and the things that are familiar are this patch of the Never Never that you have been to a few times, so it's becoming increasingly familiar to you, this location, uh, though your visits have never been long. So, yes, you can see everything around you, and it does appear to be like it should be, though it's still difficult to focus on it because that sensation is still very, very strong. And uh, you attempt to stand. Mm -hmm. Okay, you are now standing. Are you, Roe Common, panicking? Uh, starting to. Okay, I am going to have you make a discipline roll against having actual real panic start to set in when you realize that what is sort of what is going on here. Um, I'm going to set the target at a four. <laughs> so, you got a three, um, didn't you? I got a two. So <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm panicking. That, that's fine. This is fine. I'm fine. Okay. You're panicking. Yeah. When Ro panics, does she have that sort of internal voice? Like, it, like you know how everyone uh, seems to have a sort of inner monologue? Uh, what does that sound like to Ro in this moment? I mean, a lot of the times when I've experienced this, it's been, you know, like, it's Ro talking to Ro, basically trying to calm her down while also, like, nagging her a little bit, just because, like, that's how... Roe definitely doesn't always like herself, um, but I think she's been trying to be kinder, so she's using more of the verbiage that, like, Des would use, being very, like, caring to try to calm herself down and make her think that she's safe. Okay. Yeah, you start to hear Des's voice because you are kind of, you're trying to borrow some of that from her some of how she talks to you and you do hear it in your mm. head in desdemona's voice you can hear her say bro it's all right you're okay nothing is wrong it's all right ro and i need you to make me an immediate alertness roll target of three this is six baby Ow! okay yep i know everything <laughs> yep so you're not, it's not your, it's not your words in her voice. It's 
specifically her words in her voice, exactly how she said it to you in a previous instance when the two of you were together, just sort of in private. Yeah, this is this is literally just a memory. Your internal monologue produced just an exact duplicate memory of a previous instance. I'm going to have you make me an empathy roll of all things. All right. I got a number. What do I got to beat? I got three. Uh, your target is a five. Okay. <laughs> well, I got a three. So... Are you going to just sort of fail or are you going to let are you going to give uh, me a fake point on this one? I did just ask for I'm, a roll for something out of the blue. Uh, I don't know cuz I've got two fake points left and I don't want to waste them. Um I'm going to I'm going to fail this one. I will tell you that if you do fail this one, things are going to get worse. You can choose to do what you want, but I am going to give you the warning that if you do choose to fail, <laughs> things are going to get very bad. Oh, okay. I'm giving you a fate point then, which means I'm down to one, and that's scary. So fate point I'm giving you, um, I, oh, I don't know, because this is, can I, I to do allergic to bullshit, and like, I, I'm recognizing I'm going to stop you is... right there. This is exactly okay. the correct thing to give me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Normally, I would that, want then. you to justify your choice, but this is <laughs> so perfect that I am going to happily take your fate point away from you and tell you, oh, shit, there is an external force acting on me, making me remember things. Okay. You're starting to piece these uh, parts of the puzzle together. You are remembering when you were in the ice cream shop, when you had that memory of Valencia as it started to melt around the edges. There was a dark figure that was walking toward her in the background of that scene where there was nobody in your actual memory of that scene that would look like that at all. Definitely not. That was out of place. This is... You're experiencing actual panic brought about by a fake panic attack, a memory of a panic attack that you once had when you first started to realize that Valencia was gone. This is that panic attack again. Oh, that hurts. Something is oh. doing this to you. <laughs> and the fact um. that you are able to recognize that something is making this happen to you is finally what actually breaks it. The memory of the panic attack stops, and there is a deadly silence, and you hear a little voice in your ear. Hello, Ro. Uh, okay. I've been so, waiting to talk to you for a long time. Um... I... I don't know who you are. Um, please stop fucking with me. Why? Because I'm scared and I... Please leave me alone. You don't have to be afraid ever again, Ro, if you don't want to. Uh, I, I'm looking around. Is this person next to me? You currently don't see anybody around you. But there is a voice that is in your ear as though somebody is whispering directly into it. 
from mere inches away. Um, I, you need to tell me what you are. I, I've, we've, we've all been through enough. Whatever you are needs to go. I don't, I don't want whatever you Allow me to introduce myself to you. I am he who walks with him. And you need to make me a discipline roll, target eight. (laughs) I'm sorry. The number you said was too high, sir. (laughs) So I rolled a four. This is versus a maneuver, by the way. (laughs) Okay. You're not going to take any sort of actual mental damage uh, if you fail. But you are going to have a maneuver put on you. Okay, I'll take your dumb maneuver then. (laughs) Okay. Without meaning to, without any sort of conscious decision, without anything, any prompting whatsoever, the instant that you finish hearing that name in your head, you just start screaming uncontrollably. I would like to spend a fate point on a fortuitous arrival. Okay. <laughs> you you are there now. You you burst through the door of the library and there you are. <laughs> Not far from the actual door to the library itself, you can see Roe is just standing in place, frozen and screaming and just staring straight ahead. Alrighty. Give me one second here. So I'm trying to find the text on righteousness. Righteous, dude. Isn't that oh, the yeah. thing that just lets you add conviction? Yes. Um, Wasn't that the ship from Bucky O'Hare? Yeah, I can use a fate point to invoke my high concept and define a divinely inspired purpose I'm aiming at. Um, I don't know if I'm going to use that yet, but I am going to draw Gugnir and the Peacemaker, both akimbo. And, um, I'm going to just bellow Jack's name. I am going to uh, just quickly remind you, you don't actually have to give me the fate point for the fortuitous arrival because you have uh, that feature. Oh, that's right. I don't. So, yeah. So I'm just going to yeah, do my keep your fate yeah, point. I'm doing guide keep, my hand and, and keep the fortuitous arrival. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great. guns out. Can I see Mr. Jack at all? Uh, You cannot. All right. Ro, however, Ro you are not so lucky. Mm? It is the only thing you can see, in fact, is just the memory huh. of when you were in the lodge and running away and you happened to see just a moment where something came from where Des was standing and ate something whole. That is the only thing that you can see in front of you right now. All right. Huh. I am going to open the site. Okay, we're going to have a discipline roll and we're going to have a law roll. Normally, the discipline and law rolls are the same. Uh, However, in this instance, the discipline roll is actually going to be affected by an additional tag of very distressing things. So your discipline roll is going to be a four and your uh, sorry, six with the additional two, and your lore after that will be a four. Alrighty, my discipline is a six. I rolled four pluses, that's a seven. And my lore roll is four. Uh, I only rolled a three on my lore roll. But I feel like 
Is there anything I can like freely tag since I've seen Jack before? Uh, in this case, I'm going to say no. You will have to give me a fate point. All right, then I will. I mean, is this what you're going to use righteousness on? Yes. You're going to invoke your own righteousness to say, like, I'm trying to do this thing. I need this answer. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to invoke righteousness Um, because this is Mr. Jack, and I am... He is my target. He is my prey. He is offensive, not just to this world, but to the All Father himself. And I am going to, I'm going to, I'm honor bound to destroy him. Okay, fantastic. All right. When you open the site and you look at your friend Ro, who you have seen in the site before, mm -hmm. you see, you see an image of Ro, and you see that dual nature of Ro that you've seen in the site before. And there is another figure standing inside of the, of those two at the midpoint between those two forms that where they overlap. So it's like a Venn diagram <laughs> of Ro, except at the places where they overlap is extremely dark. And you can see. I guess you could that call that a Gwen diagram. <laughs> I'm gonna have to stop you right there. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> From that darkness, you can see what looks like, you know, like a movie projection uh, onto a screen. Except instead of light projecting out, it's pure dark that you can see through as though it were light. And you can see that one moment that you have not seen from that point of view before of Mr. Jack in the lodge from Rose's point of view in front of her and it is exactly where she is staring. You can get the information from that that hey, you were right and she is currently being just shown that memory right now and just screaming. I have a question. Sure. Does this count as a friend being taken out, forced to concede, or otherwise suffer a terrible lasting fate. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say that this barely qualifies for suffer a lasting fate. All right. In that case, I'm using desperate hour. I am rolling a conviction as an attack against every non-allied supernatural creature in the same zone as me, which can be resisted by their discipline. This attack does holy physical damage that cannot be offset by any supernatural abilities. Huh. All right, then. Okay, resisted by discipline. Give me a big old roll there, chief. That's going to be three pluses. That is a seven. I do not care if I know what his roll is or not. I am going to put a fate point into that tagging, um, no, invoking protective streak a mile long to make that a nine. Okay, fantastic. Uh, because Mr. Jack also rolled three pluses and ended up with a seven. So you would have tied, which would not have done anything. So there you go. You have officially put two wholly unblockable damage on... He who walks within. I would like to s describe how this looks, if I may. Go for it. Which is, Albion appears to blaze. His entire body is rippling with that silver fire that shows up um, when he draws Gugnir. 
and the fire, he just is marching forward, guns, like, at his side, and the fire, like, pours down into his arms, into his hands, he slams them both together in front of, he brings them both together in front of him, and it forms this spear, and just launches itself at the form of Mr. Jack. And Albie is just going to say, Get off! And this spear goes and penetrates the form of Roe. It cannot harm your friend, because that's how this works, but you see that it pierces where she stands and basically shatters the movie projection of that one memory in front of her, breaking that hold, and you just see this sort of black space in there turn and the nothing looks at you and says, I, I was about to, but you interrupted me. All I've ever wanted was somebody just to let me in. Do I see his form separately from Rose now? You're going to see that form in between just dissipate. You realize now, because you still have the sight open, this was not a physical manifestation of this creature, this entity. You basically threw a magic spear through Rose's soul. But it made him leave, so. Oh, it didn't hurt your friend. But the revelation here is that was not a physical thing. None of this happened in physical reality. Everything that just happened here happened entirely in the mind and beyond that, actually in the soul. What matters is that I hurt him. Bro. Yes. That maneuver is gone. And everything, all of the incited emotion and memory that was thrust upon you is gone. And there is this absence and void that it's not like it feels bad. You know, like when you, you know, when you say goodbye to somebody as they're leaving, you have that sort of hole in your stomach of like, oh, I miss this. It's not that, but there is definitely an absence that you are experiencing. And that absence is you don't really know. You don't really understand exactly what it is. You just know that it's gone. And I will let you take the scene from here. I'm looking like back and forth, just trying to make sure that everything's okay. Albert's going to close the site. And I'm just going to stand there for a second. Sorry, you go ahead. Okay. You see Albie in there, of course. You don't see anything else. Uh, uh, Albion, I something happened. I'm aware. Are you okay? She doesn't answer and just starts crying, but it's just from her eyes. She's not like sobbing. I, she's not okay, and it's very obvious, but she can't say Albion it. holsters his guns and, uh, if allowed, will hug Ro. Yeah, he gets a, a nod for the go ahead, yeah. but she's, she's kind of frozen right now. Well, I do have good news. We can kill the son of a bitch. Do you know what this is? I know what he is. 
And I know he can die. And that's all I needed. Ro just nods. She does not understand that it's the same thing. She thinks this is a completely different thing. Like, obviously she knows something happened in this, what she saw. I don't think she's made that connection yet, that it's the same. She didn't hear Albion yell his name, because Albion did yell Jack. Um, In that I, moment, even I think... She- yeah, Ro was just sort of in enveloped in a painful memory. All right, so Albion just is like, he went after you, he went after Sylvester, he went after Des. He dies. I'll promise you I, that. We need to check on the others. Yeah. Let's go home. This is Michael, your GM, and your best friend. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Hey, yeah, legit. Thank you for listening to 42 episodes of Green Mountain Mysteries. Uh, We love having you here. Uh, Third Eye Blind will not be coming back for another ad read. I could only afford them for 10 seconds. If I want to afford more Third Eye Blind in our episode breaks, and also if I'm going to, I don't know, spend money on an advertiser for the second week in a row, I'm gonna have to ask you all to check out Direct and get some glasses for your face to support our show. I'm gonna do that because I broke my glasses. They have a big old crack in them. I still use them, but I clearly need a new pair. So I am about to go over to iBuyDirect, an online eyewear retailer, manufactures their own line of fashionable frames at affordable prices. And when I do, I'm going to get myself 50% off of those frames and $6 two-day shipping so I can have good vision real fast with code 50frame at iBuyDirect.com. That's 50-F-R-A-M-E for that code. And you put that in when you go to iBuyDirect, E-Y-E, buydirect.sjv.io slash P-P-N. Thanks to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as always, and also other shows like No Dice, Pokemakers, and Steampunks, who've had their triumphant post-hiatus return episode. Huzzah! All praise to Zach and Emily for their wonderful show coming back. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GMMCast, and we would love it if you did, because we rely entirely on word of mouth for advertising, so talk about us on your social medias with the hashtag GMMCast, And that would be great, because that's how some folks got their names as NPCs, like our good friend uh, Nico Rodriguez, who will have his NPC name, uh, the NPC named after him, come back uh, very soon. Stay tuned for that. You can also 
join our GMM Discord server. We do Jackbox nights. We have a meme channel curated by the one and only Darius Southland. We have uh, some fun discussions about video games and culture and wrestling. Uh, it's it's a good time. I think Tom will stream himself watching AEW because, of course, Tom likes AEW. Have you met him? You probably haven't. Actually, I don't know. Half of you might have. If you do meet any of us in person some day, uh, it would be awesome if you did that while wearing a piece of our merch because we have a merch store, baby! It is a thing that I'm very happy about. Go to Pocket Podcast Network slash shop and you can get all kinds of fun stuff to put on your body. Maybe to put on your wall or to uh, have a sign when you meet us in person, when that's a thing that is safe for us to do. And also when we are, I don't know, a big enough podcast to warrant it. Final note is a reminder of the cool new thing that's happening, which is transcripts of our old episodes. The first eight episodes and our session zero are uh, session zero. I can talk. I'm a podcaster. Those are all live now. Those transcripts have been uh, dutifully transcribed by Nicholas Johnson, a.k.a. Dracon Nick Gaming on Twitter and his website, which is draconic, that's C-K at the end there, dot com. We will have new transcripts out every single week, so they'll catch up with the release schedule one of these days. And now, back to the episode. All right, class, settle down. Welcome to Boring Old White Dudes in History 101. In this class, we will learn all about the true heroes of science, the men who lifted us from ignorance into glorious knowledge and... <laughs> Not on our watch! Gadzooks! Hooray! It's steampunks! Curses! Not the steampunks! That's right, I'm Emily. And I'm Zach. And we, along with our steam-powered flying horse here... Are here to teach you all about the amazing people that some history teachers love to forget. Don't listen to them, class. They'll tell you all about women with amazing contributions to science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Dang right we will. People like Mary Anning, Frida Kahlo, and Euphemia Haynes. And all you gotta do is tune in every other Wednesday. And keep, keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam-powered horses. Steampunks will return in August of 2021. Find us at pocketpodcastnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are found. Sylvester and Desdemona, you are still in a hospital room after a particularly frightening encounter with Mr. Jack. Well, Dar- uh, sorry, not Darius. Oh yeah, Darius, sure. Sly, you notice something immediately. The pain in your leg is gone. Huh. Neat. I'm gonna have you make me, of all things, a lore roll. I think that's a thing I also don't have points in. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you do. I'm gonna say target of three. I got uh one. <laughs> well, are you gonna 
do your old throw fate points at me thing, or are you just going to let this one go? Eh, I'll let this one go. <laughs> okay. Desdemona. Yep. I'm going to let you make a lore roll now. Yeah. Okay. Some points. your target is also going to be a three. Oh, dear. That's two. <laughs> I rolled three negatives. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Wow, we are rolling a real variety tonight. You should just cut <laughs> me out of the episode. <laughs> I will not. Uh, I, I'm not going to make certain fans very mad. <laughs> our Daniel tens, would never forgive me. Our tens anyway, of fans. Yes, all tens of them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You targets three, you rolled a two. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have fate points. Uh, maybe I'll invoke one, but, like, what is this lore, like, in reference to? It's basically lore as supernatural alertness. Okay, so doing something like born with the gift would probably be a good invocation? Uh, born with the gift seems like it would probably be good if you can justify why. Well, I'm not exactly sure why I'm making a lore roll. Like, because I can't feel his pain for him. So is this like him telling me right. he has no pain all of a sudden? No, actually, you are not. You're not experiencing his pain for him. He hasn't said anything yet, but I can't really tell you exactly what you're rolling for, because that kind of gives away the game. Jack uh, says it tingling. Is well, I, <laughs> I mean, bored with the gift, like I'm a medium psychic and I'm using my powers to suss out what's around i guess she picks up on sure. vibes this is a very narrative heavy game <laughs> we're doing narrative <laughs> now so, this is the one who take vibes that, take that ro take that sweet sweet fate point i will um oh. nom 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 tasty tasty and you are kind of constantly sensing the supernatural around you since you are born with the gift, you've always felt the presence of sort of the other side. Ooh. Ghost uh, just Rider. Just sort of constantly around you. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is there, writing your memoir as we speak. And uh, you have just sort of always felt stuff around you to the point where that's normal for you. Like how, say, someone who lives in New York City might find the background noise of traffic and angry people to be normal. Uh, but mm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was for you. So, <laughs> so there's a thing that's uh, actually kind of important. It's that when you are on a boat, when you are on, say, a very large ship, the only sound you don't want to hear is silence. Something that you had felt passively is gone. And you know what it feels like when Mr. Jack is there and Mr. Jack leaves. It's more than that. When Mr. Jack left, something else left too. Oh dear. And now, Sly, this is happening at the same time as your leg suddenly doesn't hurt. Hey, Des, my leg suddenly doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh... This is professional actor Darius <laughs> signing off. Professionals get paid. <laughs> yeah, you're 
<laughs> your your legs better? Yeah, apparently. Does that mean we can go? We have to we have to get to row. Yeah, I don't see why not. Fuck this shit. And I'm gonna jump out of bed. Woo! <laughs> okay, uh, you are going to have to pull an IV out of your arm to do this. Oh. It's a good thing I got an endurance of, uh, some big fucking number. I don't know. Was it like a six? Oh, it's a four. I got a forward endurance, but I rolled a six. So I pulled all the IVs out of my arm like it ain't no thing but a chicken wing because I'm a fucking weirdo. And you're basically Kenshiro. So, uh, you are going to have to make me an endurance roll target three, uh, against, against physical harm. Okay, great. You suffer no actual physical harm from doing this. You are a doctor after all, and you can pull this out without just like really messing yourself up somehow. Unlike that fucking nurse who took nine goddamn jabs to put the fucking thing in my arm. Yeah, you're going to talk to her later. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah, I will. So you uh, you stand up and you just take the IV out of your arm. Uh, it just sort of drips uselessly. And you I assume you're going to take like the little electrodes off and just like F this. And uh, yeah, so the actual sound again the only sound you don't want to hear in a hospital room is silence because they do the like ekg machines don't actually make a protracted beep sound when you for flatline it's actually silent anyway so there's silence in your room which gets the attention of uh nurse ratchet over there and she looks at you and she is wide-eyed that you, who came in with leg pain so severe you couldn't stand, is just jumping out of your bed and ripping things off of you. And she's <laughs> like, uh, excuse me, doctor, doctor, I would not recommend the, uh, this course of action. Uh, you, you need rest. You need rest, sir. Please, please go back to your room or else I, I don't want to have to call security. Okay, then don't call security. I'm leaving. I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, she is just stunned for a moment, uh, as, Des, are you just sort of going with this? Des, come on. She's actually, she's actually been staring into space because she looks like she's like listening very hard to, but she's not hearing anything, but she's just like, she's in her own world right now. She's not paying attention. All right, I'm going to go back for Des, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna... this, this seems to placate the nurse for just a moment. Okay, and then take... you turn around. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take Des by the hand like, Des, you here? You awake? <laughs> what? Huh? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, uh, legs better. I'm going to get going. Are you coming with? You all right? It's... You gotta... it, it's th they're all gone. Who's all gone? Uh, excuse me. Did you just say your leg is better? Yeah. <laughs> She's just standing there, standing, just looking at you, just mouth slack, like, I'll, I'll call the attending. All right. Um, uh, I'll get the paperwork so that you can be discharged, I, I, I guess. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay. And, uh, are you going to wait around for discharge papers? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. You are, I assume, just taking Dez and just, like, marching your way out the door. Pretty much. Dez, you're being led through a hospital by, uh, by Dr. Sylvester Cooper-Smith, who, just a moment ago, couldn't walk. So you were saying someone's gone. Who's gone? No, they're, they're all gone, Sly. The, the ghosts? It's, they, they were there and now they're, they're, I, I can't. Let me clarify. The ghosts are there. Oh, they are? That's not different. That there was some other thing that you didn't get too much information on because you, you know, didn't roll super high in excess. So all you know is that something else did leave that was supernatural. But okay, otherwise, my, my... the background noise is like, fine. Okay, I misunderstood that. My apologies. I thought that it was all gone. <laughs> I Oopsie think doopsie. catatonic Dez still applies for a moment there. Yeah. Because, like, that was awful what you just went through. Mm hmm. It's been a day. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this has been one of your worst days, and you were once in a crypt with undead. <laughs> that did happen, didn't it? Yeah, you kicked a bunch. Yes, I did. So, yeah, Sly is just marching you out of this hospital. <sighs> oh, Sly. Uh, we need to get to Roe. Yes, yes, we do. Um, uh, okay, um, they went to the library, right? Yes, they did. Okay, so I've, I've never, I've never done a veil by myself before, uh, but I can, I can try. I will tell you that you do not know how to do veils. I don't know how to do veils. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't. Look, we'll figure something out when we get there. I've been half-assing it my whole fucking life. I'll figure something out. So... You have, I think at this point, marched your way to the actual door out of the, out of the hospital and onto the general campus. And yeah. uh, the security guard there just sort of looks at you and raises an eyebrow quizzically. I assume you know this guy. Oh, do I? Oh, uh, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> uh... Uh, saw you got admitted earlier. Guess you're better, feeling better now? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Uh, have a good night. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this guy doesn't usually have a lot to do. That's okay. Uh, is my car still at the ice cream place? I believe it is. Shit. Fortunately for you, it's only a couple blocks walk downhill to the Fletcher Flea. Uh, wow, I keep doing that. Fletcher <laughs> Free Library. Flubbery Flea. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Banana Fana for Fleek. Okay, to the Cooper Smith vehicular device. Well, that's further Hello. away than the library. God damn it. All right, then we'll just walk Look, to the library. I know these library. roads. Just, I, I'll, we'll take a shortcut. Follow right. me. Okay, great. Fine, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that because you have a party member that has the wonderful feature fortuitous arrival, you all get to conveniently meet up outside of the free library but first row 
Mm-hmm. There is the problem of you are inside of a library where you are not supposed to be inside of it. You and Albion. Ah, <laughs> beans. Remember, remember oh, that geez. smoking door that was propped open? Let's just go out that. Yeah. Um. It. Can we go out that, or is the person going to come back in? Are you going to? Are you going to just try to sneak out there, or are you going to do anything else? Because you don't um, know necessarily if there's anybody actually there that would see you. He, uh, are there other people in the library doing construction or is it like they're doing construction, just not actively? You have no way of knowing that without actually looking around. So you're going to either have to do an investigation role or you're going to have to make a decision one way or another about... Uh, how you move. <sighs> okay, we're we're gonna just try to go out through the door, and if we have to knock out a, a man, that's fine. <laughs> Bonk. Wow. Okay, are you going to <laughs> attempt to sneak out? Because you will need to make me some stealth rolls. Uh, I will quietly walk, yes. But okay. I, I'm make- not... Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna do a veil yet. <laughs> Okay, both of you stealth rolls. I don't have that skill, and this is not gonna apply for righteousness. Do you wanna <laughs> borrow my seven? Oh my god! <laughs> I would I'm love to because I rolled a I one. Have Snakey Baker. <laughs> Can I give him some of my seven? That is not um, how it no. works. I have I an idea. So piggyback. Sorry. I have an idea. Yeah. Carrying Albion. What's your idea? What's Darius? your idea? So is the library closed right now? Yes. Okay. Are we there right now? Like in front of it? Um, I I would not say that you are actually. I did just say it's a fortuitous arrival, so Okay, I'm gonna bang on the door real loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally giving me a scene uh, tag that I think if if that if big, if true, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use. You are absolutely attempting to provide Albion with a scene tag, so I'm gonna have you roll me a deceit roll, and your target is a zero. Hey, Yay. isn't that your last name? Um, Michael Scene Tag. Boo! <laughs> 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 you suck. I'll kick you off this goddamn show. Roll that. Ooh. Roll that, Darius, for Sly. That three. Okay, so this works extremely well. <laughs> yeah, but your target was a zero because fucking anyone can do this. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Uh, okay. Ro, uh, you just... You just slip out undetected. This is kind of a thing that you used to do to get paid. You're experienced. You just make it. You just scoot through that door and you are out. Meanwhile... Albion, you are probably going to take that free scene tag, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, great, because you see that somebody was actually about to walk your way, and then you see them go into the vestibule to talk to Dr. Cooper Smith, providing you a moment of cover to actually scoot out of that back door without anybody catching you, as far as you can tell. 
And uh, Sly, you see a a construction worker who has been working all day because it's late now. uh, And he just walks into the vestibule and without opening the door, he just says, Library's closed temporarily. Come on, man. I got a book to return. Drop them in the uh, slot. I put it in the slot. Slot's fucking broken. He doesn't want any late fees. I'll just, you can leave them out front. I'll, I'll grab them for you. I ain't leaving no books out front of this busted fucking stupid ass slot ass busted ass. Do you actually leave some books? Yes. What book or have you left? It's actually a notebook, but it has a drawing of the cheat as the predator on it. And there's a <laughs> July 2006 copy of TV Guide. It's got Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the front of it. It's probably worth five bucks on eBay. Is this a book that you got from the library? (laughs) Okay, so they're just going to be real confused. Awesome. So, yeah, so after after you leave, um, this this person just cracks the door and picks it up and just looks at it very confused, turns it over and doesn't see a uh, a barcode or any sort of identifying tag that it belongs to the library and just what the fuck and just sort of flips it open and just realizes like this is absolutely not a library book and just sort of <laughs> walks away with it very confused <laughs> i think he thinks you're on drugs that i am <laughs> you were in a hospital well, the four of you have now met up outside of the Fletcher Free Library. Howdy. Hooray! We do a, a jump and we freeze in the air. And that's the episode! Are you kidding? No. Um, <laughs> no. So. No, did. Well, Sylvester, you're. Guess uh, is gonna just go up. You're walking. What did you do? What do you mean, what did I do? Well, my leg was fucked up. Now it ain't. And I just have to assume you did something because you usually do things. Sorry, uh, Des, you were saying something? No, Des has um, walked up to Ro and is just like kind of is holding on to her very tightly. Ro just goes in for a hug. She's not saying anything. And Ro nods at Sly's comment. (laughs) Well, Mr. Jack went at Ro. And uh, I don't know what I did, actually. I, I, it just sort of happened. I just, uh, you know how, like, I, I have, like, that silver fiery shit whenever I draw my, my, my magic gun? Your Odin mojo? Yeah, my Odin mojo. I, I threw a spear made of Odin mojo from, I think, maybe my soul or something at him. All I know is it hurt. Could you always do that, or is that new? It's new to me. I didn't know if I could do that shit. Huh. It's it's new. Neat. Well, I have some news on the front of uh our acquaintance, Mr. Jack. Spooky motherfucker. I know that we can kill him. Oh, you don't say. It's it's gonna take some doing. It's gonna take some doing, and I don't think we should make a move on him until we're prepared, but essentially, what he is doesn't follow normal rules. 
things that normally hurt most people, most things won't hurt him much. But we keep laying on that hurt. Eventually, it's going to get to a point he just can't ignore. And then he's going to bleed. And then we're going to keep making him bleed. Is this a conversation we should be having in front of a public library? <laughs> we're just... I mean, we could go to uh, the, we, could, we could have this conversation in the skinny pancake if you'd prefer, or uh, we could go get ask her a bit of Jerry's. I have been a bit of Jerry's in a lick. Ben and Jerry, good. Maybe, maybe not. We're not going there. Yeah, we might be banned from going back there. Uh, I don't see why you would be. It, you were the one being victimized. And I made a scene, as is my way. <laughs> We both did make a scene. Ro, uh, I will say, as they they keep talking, uh, they, they keep mentioning Mr. Jack, and every time they do, you don't hear Mr. Jack anymore. Oh, You no. don't hear that name. Instead, any time that they refer to that entity, you hear... He who walks within. It strikes you as weird that they would be saying that. Um, okay, uh, guys? Y yeah? So, why have we not talked about him before? We've talked about him a lot, actually. I went to therapy because of him, you know? That's that's why I started but talking to Cagney. Really, but we, we really shouldn't be talking about him though you're right i you're right let's let's just go somewhere um no I, i'm i'm I've, what do you mean why weren't we talking about him though i i don't know i thought we were just calling him by his name instead and I don't, let's go somewhere safe i just we, I, we don't i have a really bad does, migraine and does he have a name other than mr jack I, I mean yeah mr jack but that, that's what we've been saying. At this point, Ro decides to drop it for the time being. She just, she's like, you're, you're right. I'm sorry. Let's, let's go somewhere safe and talk about whatever. Ro, do we need to take you home? I, I don't know. Um, we're not safe anywhere, are we? They're safer. Let's um, just go to somewhere. I don't... I'm just following you guys. Des, your place okay? I mean, there's my place. There's a corded neutral ground. I mean, uh... I mean, I don't know. Like, do you, do you think we should t tell Word in Beaumont about what's going on? Yeah, we should probably talk to him at some point. Yeah. Um, have you heard from him at all? From Beaumont? Yeah. No. But I've been uh, out in the woods most of the day, and then I the will hospital. spend a fate point for Beaumont to call us a fortuitous arrival. <laughs> uh, Des doesn't have a cell phone. I am. Yeah, he does. But Des also does not have a phone on her for... Yeah, she's... Yeah. 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 So we could go back to her house and see that there's a message. 
Or have him call when we get there fortuitously. That too. Are you basically just going to gather your various vehicles (laughs) and uh, reconvene at Dez's place? It's got wards. Yeah. Yeah. That are stronger when I'm there. The threshold is stronger when you're there. The wards, however, have to be uh, remade kind of every day. Fun. So. You arrive at Dez's house. It's late. Like, it's sunset, post-sunset late. And Dez, you have been out of your house all day. Albion, you've been out of any house longer. So there is a comfort and relief that is always associated with returning to the Brown home. but. More so now than ever, probably. Des, are you going to check your answering machine? I mean, after uh, she's put her bike away and made tea, she'll she'll check and see if she has messages. Okay. Uh, you have seven missed calls. Oh dear. They're all from the same number. On the third of those, there is a message on your answering machine. Are you going to listen to it? Yeah, she'll listen to it. I mean, you do recognize Warden Beaumont's number at this point. She probably will try to listen to it alone if she can. Okay. Uh, ev- is everyone going to respect her privacy? Yes. Absolutely. <sighs> yes. Wow. Character growth for Roe. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, begrudgingly respecting her privacy. There Ro's we go. Right now. She's trying so hard. Drink your tea. She's about to explode. (laughs) (laughs) All of you guests in my home, go drink your tea in another room. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You have two messages on your answering machine. The first one is on call attempt number three, and you just hear Warden Joseph Beaumont. Uh. Uh. Hey. Uh. Hey. Hey, Des. Um. Uh, Desdemona, I guess you're out of the house, uh, now. Um, I, uh, tried to call a couple times already, and, uh, yeah, um, how are you? Uh, are, like, you fucking idiot. And you just hear... The phone hangs up uh, at the end of that. (laughs) The second message is on call attempt number six. (laughs) And you can see that there is a gap in between the different call attempts. Some of them come right one right after the other. Some of them come with like a half an hour or an hour space between them. This one, after calls four and five, came, like, shortly after call three. This one's, like, two hours later. Call number six. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Hi, it's, uh, Warden Joseph Beaumont, um, again. And, uh, uh I, I hope you're okay. Uh, I've been trying to call your house, uh, and I... I know you have a life, uh, and you are probably 
just out doing something fun with your friends. Uh, and that's that's great. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy about that. I, I think that's great. You should. Um, uh, I, I... Look, I... I'm... I'm sorry. I, I'd really wanted to... Be able to say... That I'm sorry... And... You know, if not do it in person, at least do it over the phone. Um, but, uh... Yeah. Uh, 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 please, yeah, please, please call me back when you... When you get this, um, so that we can... We can talk, because it's... It's been too long, and... I, I'm not, I'm not mad that you, like... That Sly didn't invite me to his his birthday party or, or whatever like I'm not I'm not upset about any of that I um I just I, I need to talk to you I I hurt you and I I miss you and, and Hold on, what? What the fuck? Uh, hey, hold on, wait. And the phone hangs up. Call attempt number seven comes a minute later with no voicemail. Rut row. End of episode. Stop it! Stop it! I will not. Stop it! I will not. (laughs) I will do no such thing. Order fell out of my pocket <laughs> and decided to make noise by bouncing off of something. I am making my hey, presence known now. <laughs> I, I am here also. It is I of the quarter. Quarter foot. Uh, All right, so let's do three things. Oh, a dollar. <laughs> you forced me uh, to make a dollar, you silly goose. So let's let's do three <laughs> things. Hey, Michael. Hi. What are three kinds of change that... Sorry, let me start over. What are three things other than change that might fall out of your pocket? Keys. uh, Cell phone. uh, The entire manuscript to my upcoming three and a half hour musical. The Talmud. The Talmud. (laughs) 
Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.